Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Flippin' Bats. What a big one we have today. Carlos Correa has signed with the Minnesota Twins. Going to break all of that down, how it happened, why he chose the Twins over the Mets, how that all came to be, and so much more. Devers' big deal, Bauer being DFA'd by the Dodgers and his statement and the back and forth there. We have a ton to talk about. This one's going to be a blast. Let's get to it. He swings and it's a high fly ball, deep center field, it is gone, home run, and a huge backflip to celebrate. All right, Ben, start the show already. Man, oh man, I feel like every week something huge just pops up in the offseason. We get to talk about it, and today, for the first time, I feel like <laughs> Alex and I have done shows for four weeks in a row now, and literally within hours of it finishing, big news comes up. And I just knew, Carlos Correa, something was going to happen right after we finished recording. But no, 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 yep. our luck has turned around Correa to the Twins, what a crazy deal. What a whole crazy offseason it's been for him. We do have a lot to talk about today other than just him, as I mentioned, uh, Bauer. I want to talk about the Braves and all of these contracts they've given out and kind of the very team-friendly deals and what goes into that and why the players are accepting them, and I think that's fascinating. The Red Sox have paid Rafael Devers, finally, thank God. Breaking news, Trevor Story, Tommy John. I mean, we're getting a lot of breaking news right before the episode starts today. And, of course, some uh, name that player at the end as well. But we got to start with Carlos Correa because one of the craziest off-seasons of all time for a player, and it's, it's revolving around Carlos Correa, who signed for 13 years, $350 million with the Giants over a month ago. A week after that, after a bad physical, signs with the Mets for 12 years, $315 million. Guess what? Another bad physical. The Mets didn't like the physical, but it looked like he was still going to sign there. Back and forth they went, talking and entering clauses into the contract, but it seemed like they were going to figure it out. And then today, late last night, you hear from Ken Rosenthal and a few others that Things are moving hot and heavy with the Minnesota Twins at the last second. And then today, we wake up and Carlos Correa, six years, $200 million guaranteed. There is a lot to this, which I will talk all about in a second. But Alex, this is one of the craziest roller coasters. I don't even want to say in just baseball, like in all of sports. It's just crazy that one of the top players, this is happening to him. And it looks like pending a physical, yeah. <laughs> this Minnesota will be his final landing spot. So I kind of touched on this last week. This whole saga feels like a good old episode of The Bachelor for Carlos Correa, and no one was accepting 
his rose. Not the Giants, not the Mets, but you know who always comes back? The loyal ex. (laughs) Who likes to ignore all of the red flags, a.k.a. a questionable physical, and they're willing to take you back. They're willing to kind of ignore those things. Yeah. And you know, for Carlos Correa, wasn't his first choice, obviously. Wasn't his second choice, obviously. But it's a comfortable landing spot. He knows he's going to be appreciated there. He's definitely getting paid. He's getting more per year, obviously not as many years. But he's getting close to $33.3 million a year, opposed to where he was going to get around twenty six with the other deals. So it's kind of like, well, you, you got to take yeah. what you can get at this point. Yeah. So, so bear with me here. The the very interesting part of all of this comes in the details, in the semantics, in the clauses, in the what were the Mets offering? Why did he sign with the Twins? So let me break down everything for you because it is wild. And I mentioned off the top the Giants deal, the Mets deal, and now this. But why the Twins? Why not the Mets? And and why would he take the six years, two hundred million? There's there's a lot that went into this, but. Bob Nightingale, friend of the pop, Bob Knight and Goat, I like to call him, was all over it uh, with the details of the contract. He tweeted this, signing bonus of $8 million. In 2023, $36 million. 24, 25, it's $36 million. And then from there, it goes, it ticks down every year. But the first six years are guaranteed $200 million. Whereas the Mets, they had an offer that, Essentially, if he had maxed it out and it accomplished all of his and all of the options vested, it would have eventually been the 12 years, 315 million that we originally saw, but by no means fully guaranteed. The Mets' fully guaranteed offer was six years, 157 and a half million dollars, meaning 42 and a half million dollars more. Carlos Correa will be making guaranteed by signing in Minnesota. Add on top of that taxes, by the way, six years taxes in New York while making $42.5 million less, it's going to end up closer to $75 million more he's making by signing in Minnesota. Now, the nitty-gritty details gets really, really interesting. Bear with me here. Once the six years are up in Minnesota, he does have a seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth year option but he has to accomplish certain things along the way. The, the most easily accomplishable will be staying on the field, getting a certain number of at-bats. That first year, year seven, you'd, ha- you'd have to have 575 plate appearances for his option to kick in. Okay, After that, that number of at-bats goes down. But he can also kick that next year's option in by winning a Silver Slugger Award in the year, finishing in top five in the MVP race, or winning ALCS or World Series MVP. If he does any of those, it also kicks in. Now, on the Mets side, things weren't that easy. There were a lot more things involved. There was an annual physical involved, which I know Boris and, and Correa did not want to do. So it really did get interesting, but the, the Twins have said they are okay with the ankle injury that everybody has had this big issue over. So, man, a lot going on here, but the six years guaranteed and more money is why he's back in, in Minnesota, and obviously those options kick in if he stays on the field. But, man, craziness. 
I, I mean, when we, I think I sent a text at like 7 a.m. this morning. Like, are, are we going to dive, is before the news came out, are we going to dive into this Carlo Correa, Carlos Correa possible move back to the Twins? And then what? Hour later? An hour later. An hour later, it all came out. out. We're like, oh, yeah, no, 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 we, we got to dive into this. I, I mean, I ha- there's a lot of mixed feelings around this because obviously Twins wa- was not his first choice. He opted out of that contract initially, wanted to go to Giants, wanted to go to Mets, Mets wasn't wanted in those places. And in ended fact, up- we, were, we were told when Boris told him yeah. that he was signing with the Mets, he tackled him on the bed out of excitement in yes. the room they were in, and yes. that's how pumped up he was. So you got to put that into perspective, too. He was extremely excited to go to these other teams, and he kind of just had to go with what was available here. And so are you going to get that same enthusiasm? I mean, you will, obviously. He's a great player. He's going to be their top player. He's making a ton of money. He's got to stay healthy if he wants to continue to make that kind of money. But there's just a different energy when you're going back to like, oh, I wanted to go somewhere else, but I guess I'm coming back here too. Just thinking the whole yeah. like psychology of it all too. Like that that's the point that I'm going to be watching out for with Correa this year. Well, the interesting thing with so both of these teams were willing to offer 6 years guaranteed money, the Twins obviously being a lot higher. What I find interesting is the stipulation of the number of plate appearances he has to reach, which starts with year seven at 575 plate appearances. And Carlos Correa's eight years, he's only reached the 502 number Mm -hmm. three times. So that number is high. And to me, it almost says, like, this is a six-year deal. Yeah. And, like, you're probably not going to hit 575 in that next year. Yeah. And then the numbers go way down. Like in 2000 and in year seven of this contract, if it vests, he'd make 25 million. Year eight, 20 million. Year nine, 15 million. Year 10, 10 million dollars. Yeah. And there's no opt outs for him. Yeah. So it's like if you make it to year 10 and you're still playing and you're still a stud, you're making $10 million, it almost feels like they know yeah. he's not going to make it through all of those vesting options. There's just – I don't think – I think the numbers speak for itself. It's just not going to happen. So for Carlos Correa not to reach 575 at-bats in 2029, it wouldn't mean he just becomes a free agent. The Twins have a $25 million club option. He could earn $20 million in 2030, $15 million in 2031, and $10 million in 2032. But it just feels like, look, this is a six-year deal, and everybody knows it. And that's why, if you look at this deal as a whole, this is why Carlos Correa is signing with the Minnesota Twins. He's making a ton more money over this six-year deal. Yep. And I think he knows his body's not going to hold up well for over half of a decade. These con- these these physicals weren't working out for a reason. So for, to all Mets fans, what I would say to you today, and I know it's frustrating and I know the Mets kind of needed that one more bat and he was the perfect fit, but if it came at a price of 12 years and $315 million, I don't, think you want that to happen because I don't think Carlos Correa is even thinking he holds up for 12 years, which is why he took this deal for six years and $200 million with all of those crazy stipulations after. The injury showed up on the physical for two different teams for a reason. Yeah. And nobody wanted to pay him for over a decade. 
And I think everybody knows that he's probably not going to hold up for very long. So if I'm a fan of the Mets, I'm frustrated, I'm disappointed. But in the grand scheme, in the long run, I totally understand Steve Cohen, who's not just spending aimlessly, might I add. Yes, spending a lot of money, but it's been smart in places. Yeah, smart investment. He put his foot down and said, I'm not going to invest $315 million into somebody for 12 years that has this bad of a physical and without putting clauses in that say, hey, you'd need to take an annual physical. You'd need to reach this. You'd need to reach this for this to kick in. Totally makes sense. Now he's off the books. The payroll is back under $300 million. And it frees up a lot of space for Shohei Otani. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Always got to bring in Shohei Otani. But now I got to think. Because Carlos Correa got uh, basically a window, a deadline put on his career, more, more so than most players. Because teams were willing to give him 12, 13 years until they saw the physical. Yeah. So it's like, no, 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 no. You are only going to be valuable for half of that. And the Twins obviously gave him what they thought he was valued for that. But you got to think of the mental mind game now that plays with him. Like, okay, like every – like. The top of the top, the doctors, the teams know that I am going to be only at my peak for six more years. The physical, the physical shows that. So you gotta, I, I think it's gotta be so interesting as a as an athlete. You know, everyone knows it's a short career, but when you have it kind of cut in half and told, like this is, we know you're only going to be great for half of that now. And this was it's, always the deal. I feel like we were going to get to. It's yeah. the one that makes sense. Yeah. And then for Carlos's perspective, look. I know I'm not the I know I'm probably not going to play into my mid to late 30s. Yeah. I need to take as much money as I possibly can over the 6 years I'm being offered. And that's what happened. And if you just look at this in a nutshell and and why, you know, the Mets were willing to offer something similar, but why the Twins to go back and play for a team that will be competitive, but as yeah. we speak right now, not as good as the Mets. Look, the Mets were also willing to fully guarantee six years, but that was coming at a price of $157.5 million, and they proposed new conditions Correa's camp saw as more difficult to reach, um, involving not just plate appearances but time in the field. Yeah. So the Mets' stipulations were a lot more than the Twins. Uh, the Mets' newly reconfigured deal might still have called for a potential of 315 over 12 years, um, but the Twins' deal had a lot less stipulations. So um, he's making a lot more money in Minnesota for the first six years. Yeah. And I think that's all there is to it. Nope. Congrats. So, congratulations to Carlos. Congrats. Correa. You got a lot of money. And congratulations <laughs> to Twins fans because oh, yeah. you, you got them for less years than everybody else, which I think will end up being just fine. You have them for six years. And, man, do you have a stud. Yeah. He is a stud. Get into the playoffs. He turns that new level. He's a leader. He plays great defense. Um, so congratulations to Carlos Correa and and to Twins fans. Um, switching gears a little bit, um, some more news. We we talked briefly about him last week. Um, by the way, I'm, we must add my prediction last week was by this time yeah. next week, Carlos Correa's deal will be he will have signed somewhere. Yeah, ended up getting that right. I, like at the buzzer. At the buzzer. At the buzzer. <laughs> um, so emotional roller coaster. We talked about this guy last week as well, and how the decision was coming up on January sixth for the Dodgers to to determine what they were going to do with Trevor Bauer. Well, on January sixth, they did decide to DFA Trevor Bauer, designating him for assignment. Uh, and I want to read 
the statements here from both because there was a Dodgers statement and then it was immediately followed up by Trevor Bauer's statement. But the Dodgers statement said this, the Dodgers organization believes that allegations of sexual assault or domestic violence should be thoroughly investigated with due process given to the accused. From the beginning, we have fully cooperated with Major League Baseball's investigation and strictly followed the process stipulated under MLB's joint domestic violence, sexual assault, and child abuse policy. Two extensive reviews of all the available evidence in this case, one by Commissioner Manfred and another by a neutral arbitrator, concluded that Mr. Bauer's actions warranted the longest ever active player suspension in our sport for violations of this policy. Now that this process has been completed and after careful consideration, we have decided that he will no longer be part of our organization. So they designate Trevor Bauer for assignment. Uh, he will not pitch for the Dodgers. I said last week, I don't believe he ever pitches in Major League Baseball again. That is to be determined. But the interesting, another interesting tidbit to all of this is Bauer himself came out with a statement immediately following that which I found to be very, very interesting. And Alex, I will dive into this right after, we will dive into this after we read it, but I want to get your opinion on it. I just found this to be a little odd. Statement from Trevor Bauer, which he posted, while we were unable to communicate throughout the administrative leave and arbitration process, my representative spoke to Dodgers leadership immediately following the arbitration decision. Following two weeks of conversations around my return to the organization, I sat down with the Dodgers leadership in Arizona yesterday who told me that they wanted me to return and pitch for the team this year. While I am disappointed by the organization's decision today, I appreciate the wealth of support I've received from the Dodgers clubhouse. I wish the players all the best and look forward to competing elsewhere. Thoughts? Yeah. So, A... I have a hard time believing anything Same. that Trevor Bauer says. Anything that comes out of his mouth. He still does not believe he did anything wrong. He is double down, triple down. <laughs> I also don't believe that he was lied to by the Dodgers. The Los Angeles Dodgers aren't lying to no. you the day before. They no, did. this was the only move the Dodgers could make. This is an extremely sensitive subject. Anyone who has any association or anyone who's experienced any type of abuse, this is a massive trigger and a massive stomachache, heartache. You don't want to be associated with it. The Dodgers cannot be associated with that. So for that reason, I do not believe, especially after dual investigations, the punishment that he was given, it was found that he did something wrong. But Trevor still will not come out and say that he did something wrong. So how are we to believe him through all of this, after all of this, that the Dodgers were telling him, oh, yeah, no, we're going to bring you back. You're going to pitch this year. It's I, I do not I do not believe you. I, I just find it so strange. Look, we're talking about the Los Angeles Dodgers here. Yeah. Right? It's a, massive, a storied organization. Massive brand. In one of the biggest markets in the world. And you're dealing with a guy that before he even went to the Dodgers was a PR nightmare. Yeah. Right? A lot of teams wouldn't even touch him. He was a nightmare. And then all of this happened. And obviously now it is a big PR nightmare. Wherever he goes, if he goes anywhere, you know what you're getting. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be a headache. So you mean to tell me that the Los Angeles Dodgers – 
24 hours before they DFA you, say, hey, man, we want you to pitch this year. We're going to bring you back. No way. No, there's no way. Now, what I could see happening, and Trevor Bauer maybe twisting the words a little bit, is the Dodgers saying, hey, man, we would have loved for you to pitch for us this year. We just can't do it. Yeah. And him saying, well, the Dodgers told me they would love for me to pitch for them. Well, yeah, but they were yeah, never. If you they weren't never in this mess, you, they never lied to you and said, "Hey, you're gonna, we're gonna announce <laughs> if tomorrow." If you didn't do what you did, opening day, 2023, Don't Trevor Bauer on did. the mound. Like he knew that wasn't coming. This no. statement I find ridiculous. I will say it again. I will double down. I do not believe he ever pitches again in Major League Baseball. I could be wrong. Somebody might be willing to take that, take the headache on the and deal with the PR mess while having a pitcher on your team that is good at throwing baseballs. I don't know. I just I don't foresee it happening. Um, I, but just a big a big deal and a big decision that came down. Yeah, until he takes responsibility, maybe he apologizes for hurting people. Oh, he ain't doing the, it. the women or the fans or any. I, the moment you take responsibility, people are eager and quick to forgive. But if you don't, I, I don't I don't see a comeback here. I don't think he's. I, I, I don't. I I wouldn't support come back if a team does it <laughs> good luck oh, yeah I don't think good luck um but there's a real conversation to be had here of what um and I you know it this is a transition from the topic we were just talking about but now Trevor Bauer is officially off of the Dodgers meaning what does their rotation look like needs help <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and going into the playoffs last year there's one thing I was very vocal about which I had the Dodgers losing was what w- w- this pitching staff leads a, leaves a lot to the imagination of of being good yeah and I don't feel like they're in a very good position especially and I would be of a different mindset if Walker Bueller were going to be on the mound opening day who's a stud but their rotation now looks like Julio Urias Clayton Kershaw Tony Gonsolin Dustin May Noah Syndergaard bad Absolutely not. Mm-mm. But what we've been accustomed to with the Dodgers, no. And is it enough with what they've done this offseason to compete with, no. with another team in that division? I say no. No. Um, but, yeah, the, the rotation right now um, is on the better side of average, I'd say. Yeah. But not great. Not great. I mean, I would say that on – the Dodgers entire roster right now they are on the better side oh, for of sure. average yeah, yeah 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 I mean their whole situation they just instead of improving this offseason they just kind of lost yeah, they just a loss a loss yeah they, they lost a little they gained a little but it wasn't it wasn't a normal Dodgers let's go into the season with a bang like it's there's it's tough especially now with the Trevor Bauer news now we understand the moves they were making a couple months ago yeah, to clear the books. You're like, okay, I get it. They need a big, they need a big name. They need a big help. Um, who knows? Maybe they can pull it off. Always have hope, but it's, it's not high. It's not high, high hope right now. And as a team that was the best regular season team last year, I don't, it's hard to rank them in the top five right now. So let's, let's go back to the oh, rotation yeah. and, I want your top five rotations in Major League Baseball. Yeah. Right now. Well, spoiler alert. Yeah. The Dodgers aren't in it. They can't be. Um, 
My number five starting rotation is the Toronto Blue Jays. Okay. With Kevin Gosman, Alec Manoa, Chris Bassett, a great addition. Yeah. And then you start like that one, two, three is fantastic. Probably one of the more underrated one, two, threes in baseball. And then you look, there was a big addition they made over a year ago now of Jose Barrios, who is supposed to come over and be a guy, and he has struggled for them. So now you're looking at a guy that you don't even need to absolutely count on to be a top three in your rotation. And Jose Barrios, if you get anything of what you thought you were going to get, good Lord, they're looking great. So I really like the Toronto Blue Jays rotation. I think it's very underrated, and I have them at number five. Number four? Number four. I have the Houston Astros. Now, I do believe right now the Houston Astros have the most underrated starting rotation in the game of baseball. And I say that because after losing Justin, mm -hmm. I feel like the general consensus is, well, you lose a Cy Young winner in your rotation and you're probably not going to be near as good. Well, the truth of the matter is, if it weren't for Justin, there's a real path for Framber Valdez to win the Cy Young Award last year. And he broke the record for, in a single season, the longest active stretch of quality starts in a row, which was insane. He is dominant. He is an ace. He deserves to be the ace of a staff. He will be the ace of the Astros staff. But he goes further than that. Christian Javier is going to be a stud. And then you have, you know, Luis Garcia, who's good. You have so many of these guys that have been under the radar that I believe are now ready to step up and be a fixture in that rotation. But having Framber Valdez be a legitimate number one, I am very excited for. He is a stud and he is an ace of a staff. Christian Javier, we saw what he did mm -hmm. in the playoffs oh, yeah. with the no hitter. Um, I mean, it's just being part of it wasn't fully him, but he yeah, threw the of majority of the innings. So I really like the Astros rotation still a lot, and I have them at number four. Number three, the Braves. I went back and forth with Houston and Atlanta being three and four. Okay. I'm I, look. That was that that was a tough decision for me. I love the Braves rotation. And the reason I ended up settling on them being at three is because I think Spencer Strider is a superstar. Yeah. I think he came up and and I can't say this enough times. And I feel like with everything going on with Aaron Judge last year and then the playoffs happened, that we kind of just missed the fact that Spencer Strider broke Randy Johnson's all-time record for pitcher that reaches 200 Ks the fastest in a season. And he did it as a rookie that didn't even start the year on the team. Broke Randy Johnson's record. <laughs> and then he ends up signing that that deal that the Braves do best, signing, we'll get signing into that guys in a to, yeah. to crazy deals really early on. But he's now wrapped up there for a while. He's a stud. Max Freed, I like a lot. Kyle Wright led the majors in baseball. Um, Morton, and then you have Mike Soroka, who's a complete wild card, who of all the names I just mentioned, Mike Soroka was the guy three years ago. He was the best of the young studs. And then goes on to tear his Achilles, and then on the comeback route, tore his Achilles again. Uh, just an, yeah, just an absolute nightmare. But he could be back. What are you going to get from him? Who knows? But either way. Whether he's old Mike Soroka or not, or you have him or not, you still have a fantastic rotation with Spencer Strider, who is going to be a superstar in the game of baseball. So the Braves are at three. Yes, they are. Okay. 
Number two, Yankees. New York Yankees. I love the addition of Carlos Rodon. I am a massive Carlos Rodon fan. Um, So obviously having a one and two of Garrett Cole and Carlos Rodon is insane. Mm -hmm. And then you look around with Nestor Cortez, who is good. I don't think he's nasty Nestor that we saw last year, like a a ace of a staff, but he's a number three. I, I think he's a great mid of the rotation guy. And Frankie Montas, who they picked up, can he be can he be Oakland A's Frankie Montas, or is he going to be the guy in in New York that we saw at the end of the year? And then Luis Severino. I mean, this rotation has a legitimate one through five, a one-two punch at the top of the rotation that nobody will want to face in the playoffs. Uh, Rodon is an ace, and now you have two aces at the top of the staff. And then you have Severino, probably three, Nestor Cortez at a four, and then a wild card and Frankie Montas that could be an all-star at five? Good grief. I really like this rotation a lot, but I have them at number two. And number one, those New York teams, so hot right now. So hot right now. So hot right now. At number one, the New York Mets. Um, Look, Max Scherzer and Justin. Uh Uh-huh. Justin and Max Scherzer at the top of the rotation, one and two. Um, give me, give me that one two over Garrett Cole, Carlos Rodon, and, and and it's close, but I think that's the best one two punch in baseball. Kodai Senga, who appears to be, and yes, a question mark, mm-hmm. appears to be an absolute stud. He throws over a hundred. He's got a fork ball that was nicknamed the Ghost in Japan, and when I, I went up to drive line about a month ago now, and when I went up there to hit off of the machine and talk to a bunch of the guys there, Driveline is one of the most well-known pitching analytics places in the world, and a lot of guys from all over the country and all over the world come. Kodai Senga is is there, and what they told me is that his forkball registers as the best they've ever seen. Did you face it? I know you faced I, Otani. I didn't did face you? that. I, okay. No. Too I, scared? No. Well, I, maybe I did. I just didn't see it. Yeah, too scared. Which is known yeah. as the ghost. You know? Like, <laughs> maybe I did see it. Uh-huh. Um, so he's disgusting. And then, you know, Carrasco. And I, I, I just am a big fan of what they have going on. And a one, two, three in a rotation that will rival anybody oh you yeah know. also helps no. that your brother's on the team now too yeah new, absolutely new, it's it's your new family it's your new family team it is yeah but, but I will add this I have never been one to just pick because well it's Justin so I'm picking yeah. the Mets over the Yankees no, oh, no. If the Yankees, Mets clearly clearly have if the yes yeah. rotation if right the now. Mets if the Mets rotation wasn't as good as the Yankees and Justin was on it I'd, yeah I'd say that you know, he's my brother. We're very competitive. I actually like when I beat him at things. <laughs> um, or hit a home runoff. But I think the Mets rotation is number one, and that's where I have them. So I go uh, Blue Jays, Astros, Braves, Yankees, Mets, with a very, 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 very strong honorable mention to the San Diego Padres. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So they're close. They're close, close to the six. Blue Jays. I just felt, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I okay. just wanted to acknowledge that they're very good. I like it. Well, let's dive into the number three team you had on there, mm-hmm. the Braves, because you mentioned it kind of when you were talking about the rotation. They do a really incredible job of locking in young talent really early. 
But is that the best move for these young guys? I What the Atlanta Braves have been doing since, you know, I really feel like the Ozzy Albies and Ronald Acuna contracts are the ones that kind of were very eye-opening yeah. to like, wow, the Braves are doing things a little differently. Um, and then they've gone on to do it with pretty much the majority of, of their team. Listen to this. Sean Murphy, who they just acquired from the A's, they end up extending him and signing him to a deal. So he's signed through 2028. Oof. Matt Olson, who they just got after the departure of Freddie Freeman, through 2031. Ozzy Albies through 2028. Austin Riley through 2034. I mean, it's insane. Michael Harris, who just comes up and was in the run, uh, rookie of the year, right? Michael yeah. Harris comes up, rookie of the year. Okay, well, we're going to sign him through 2033. Ronald Acuna Jr. through 2029. Spencer Strider through 2030. Rysela Iglesias through 2036. It is mind-blowing. 2026. These It is mind-blowing what the Braves have been doing with these contracts. And I'm not just saying the length, but the dollar amount as well. Ozzy Albies through 2027 has an AAV of $5 million. And the guy's a oh. stud. And it doesn't it doesn't stop there. Michael Harris, nine million AAV. Matt Olson, twenty-one million. Spencer Strider, twelve and a half million AAV. Sean Murphy, who's now, I believe, a proven stud in the league and one of the better catchers in baseball, twelve and a half AAV. Ronald Acuna Jr., a perennial MVP candidate, twelve and a half million AAV signed through twenty twenty-eight. It's mind-blowing. So the issue I have with this, because again. These are young guys. This is a lot of money being thrown at you early in your career. But it also doesn't necessarily give you that option to bet on yourself. So, yeah, you take this big deal early on. You, t you take the money. It seems like a lot. But as you mentioned, once you become established and once you get a little later on into that contract, Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. You are making significantly less than I, probably majority of the other players at your caliber if you pan out. So this is the other thing, too. It's a big risk for the Braves, but a huge steal if they pan out. And it looks like a handful of them are going to pan out. And it, it's a strategy. Don't get me wrong. Like this is, this is the Braves' strategy. Lock them in young. You get them. I don't want to say cheap because you're still paying a million and millions of dollars, but you are getting them fairly cheap long term what they should be getting paid if they pan out. Is it fair? Is it the right move? I I don't know. I, I kind of understand both sides. So why do you say that it, the players kind of um, don't have the option to bet on themselves? Because they have the option to say no. They don't have to sign these deals. Yeah, but if, if you're getting millions of dollars 
offered to you earlier on in your career, you don't know. You don't know if you're going to get injured. You don't know if it's going to pan out. And a lot of, I, I would think, again, I don't know, I'm not these players. A lot of these guys go, well, at least I'm going to get millions of dollars. I'm guaranteed millions of dollars right now if I take this contract. If anything happens, I'm going to get it. And when you're young, you don't necessarily, at the beginning of your career, you don't necessarily know. Like we saw, obviously, the best examples, Aaron Judge turning down hundreds of millions of dollars to then bet on himself, to then get a massive contract yeah. after that. But it, it takes a risk. There is a risk, and some people might prefer taking the money opposed to taking that giant risk of like, can I get more? Am I going to regret not taking that now and then not having it later on? I mean, it's, it's a gamble. It is. It's, it's a, a gamble, gamble on both sides. And I think the Braves have done a brilliant job understanding the gamble. Yeah. You know what? We're willing to pay you because we believe in you. Yeah. Um, but could it be a steal? It, it might it might backfire against us, but I don't believe – like Michael Harris. Let's use him for an example. He comes up middle of the year last year and goes on to win rookie of the year and appears yeah. to be a stud. I don't think he's, like, mad or mad at himself for signing a deal through 2032 making $9 million a year. I think he said, I came up. I did well in the time I was up and I got I got rewarded. And he he had if he wanted to say, you know what? I believe I'm a better player than nine million dollars a year. I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna bet on myself. He very much so could have, but the Braves have done a great job of understanding he's very young. Yeah. He's probably not gonna say no, no. to nine million dollars a year for twenty thirty two. And it is a risk for the Braves as well. So it's just a very interesting conversation because it is like, oh, hey, you're young and yeah. have never had real money. Yeah. Here's real money. Yeah. And now you're looking at Ozzie Albies, who's a, who's one of the better second basemen in the league, making $5 million a year through 2027, which is absolute insanity. Robbery. But, okay, so through 2027, Ozzie Albies keeps being the player he is. Yeah. His family – is now set. He's done well for himself. He's not making what he should be, but he can. Like, it, it is just a fascinating conversation to have, really, on all sides. And shout out, like, there's no way around it. No. The Braves have done brilliant locking up all these names I've mentioned. Austin Riley, Michael Harris, Matt Olson, Spencer Strider, Sean Murphy, Ronald Acuna, Ozzy Albies, all through at least 2027. But the majority of those into the 2030s. Yeah, but you also have to remember, too, as a a young talent, no matter what field you're working in, everyone wants to feel wanted, right? It, whatever career you're doing, you want to feel wanted. And by the Braves coming forward early on in their career, offering them millions of dollars early on, you get that, oh, I'm wanted. I have a home here. And as an athlete, it's never guaranteed. Like, you could get paid, and then they trade you – later on that season, next season, like it, it's a business. So yeah. there's also that mental side of it of, oh, I'm wanted here. Okay, this could be my home. Let's stay. This is comfortable. So that's the side, too, that the Braves kind of took on as well, not only taking the risk on these young players, but playing with the heartstrings a little bit. Well, that's a number you can't quite quantify. If if you're an outsider looking at it, a contract is – Security and knowing where you're going to be 
for a decade in your career. So we can sit here and talk about, yeah, okay, is the Ozzy Albies contract look crazy? Sure. But you know what? For around 10 years, Ozzy Albies is making money, making good money. For the first few years of that deal, he's making more money than, you know, at the time, yeah. making money that he's worth, and then goes on to be making less money than he's worth. <laughs> but there's money in the security value of yeah. it as well, which is why Sean Murphy, who's young and, and just signed this deal for $12.5 million AAV, is there through 2029. Look, baseball, there is no guarantee, and this goes for sports in general, there's no guarantee that your career is going to last two more years. Mm -mm. Michael Harris, who just comes up and wins Rookie of the Year, there's no guarantee that that wasn't a fluke and he could come up next year and hit 215 for the Braves and not be a starter. And next thing you know, he's locked up for all of these years. So there is value in the security that the Braves are giving these players, which is saying we're betting on you for a decade for what you've done for us. It might work out well. It might not work out well. But there's there's the the actual value of the contract, and then the value of the security that the players want as well. You know what I'm also curious about is if these young players do their research and maybe talk to other players who took this deal and this contract in the past and ask them if it's worth it. I know I know it's a lot of agents, and a lot of them share the same agents, and agents are talking just trying to get you the best deal. Because I remember, was it Patrick Mahomes when he got his massive deal, the next big player to get their massive deal, like he reached out to him and like gave him some advice on yeah. the contract negotiation. So I'm curious if like young players also do this within Major League Baseball just to kind of get a feel. Like I'm sure they you, do. I, it's, I'm sure they do. I don't know. There's also it's ones crazy. that haven't worked out, by the way. Like the Astros yeah. and, and John Singleton, five, they gave him – $10 million over five years and he hit a hundred in the big leagues and will never sniffed and got suspended. And like, it, it, there are chances it doesn't it's a work a little out, risk but. in the baseball money yeah. world. Well, true. Yeah. Um, so speaking of big contracts, yeah. Cause the Braves are doing that. Yeah. And the, the Red Sox have been doing a lot of not paying anybody anything and letting them walk. <laughs> but Raphael Devers, Finally. Finally. We Finally. sat here last week and talked about his one-year deal. Silly. And how I said, what's the point? Like, pay your guy. If you want him, pay him. Yeah. Well, they did. 11 years, $332 million deal for Rafael Devers signing with the Boston Red Sox. They've let so many of their guys go. Mookie Betts, Xander Bogarts, Babe Ruth. And they did not let Rafi Devers get out the door. They signed him. I believe John Henry, the owner, was bullied into this. Yeah, let's let, let's talk about the timing a little bit. Because <laughs> when they came out and said they were giving him a one-year deal, everyone just kind of scratched their heads. Like, really? You've let two of your greatest players already go. Everyone's <laughs> frustrated. I would say Red Sox fan base frustrated with what you've done players of the past and then a couple days later just a couple days later after the one-year deal comes out then the 11-year deal comes out yeah a couple you, days later you don't let that one-year deal couple come, days later hey, come on and but the timing doesn't just stop there that one-year deal comes yeah. out right around the time of the winter classic which the was NHL at, game which was played at Fenway Park. Yeah. Guess who was in attendance? John Henry, <laughs> owner of the Red Sox. 
There were so many signs there. And the booing when John Henry got out of his uh. car, they booed him like crazy. There were signs saying, pay Devers. In my belief, that one-year deal was already done. That's what they were going to run with. And the yeah. same, the Red Sox were going to do the same old thing because they were $100 million away from this. Yeah. This was never the plan. Yeah. And this is the power of persuasion. The power of persuasion and the power of fans. fans yeah. They weren't standing for losing Mookie Betts and losing uh -huh. Xander Bogarts. It became, we see what's happening here. Yeah. The writing is on the wall. You're going to avoid arbitration for one year with our last superstar player yeah. on the team and then let him get to free agency? No. no. So I believe John Henry gets bullied into the deal. Great. Good yeah. for all the Red Sox fans. You have your guy. You got him on the team. Uh, this tweet says, if finalized and if Devers plays out the entirety of the deal, he'll have spent 20 years in the Red Sox organization cool. by the time of its completion while becoming the fifth Red Sox ever joining Yastrzemski, Williams, Evans, and Wakefield to play 17 big league seasons for the White Sox. So Devers now signs this deal, which Red is Sox. the – what did I say? White. I'm colorblind. It's okay. Red Sox. Um, <laughs> this is the sixth biggest deal in Major League Baseball history in yeah. terms of, of total value. It's so, huge. Uh, $331 million over 11 years. Good for, good for Devers. Yeah. And you know what? Good for John Henry. You might have gotten bullied into it, but at the end of the day, it's you your money. Right you should be spending <laughs> yes. it, and you spent it on a guy that the fan base wanted and who is an absolute stud, so good. Yeah, he's great, but where does he rank among your top third baseman? Is he top five, top ten? Oh, he's definitely top five. Okay. If I if I had to spitball here and just think of it, yeah, I'm going to take Machado and Arenado yeah. over. Okay. Jose Ramirez, J Ram. So that's three. Yeah. I'd put him right in that four territory. Four? Okay. Four. I think I think if you're asking who I would want on their specific contract, give me Austin Riley for that amount of time into the twenty thirties. But I think right now Rafael Devers is and Okay. It's it's close. I would say it's close between Four and five with okay. Devers and Austin Riley, but in that range, I really like Austin. You gotta pay but a right top now, five guy. You and got with, to, yeah. And when he's your guy, you got to. Yeah. Um, not the only Red Sox news because just before we went live, there was some Red Sox news that we have to, yeah. we have to talk about. Trevor Story, who was going to be the shortstop of this Red yep. Sox team, announced he had to undergo Tommy John surgery. Modified. Modified Tommy, Tommy John, John. Which I don't I don't know if I fully understand. I know it's a shorter recovery period, four to six months, but I <laughs> So yeah, the belief isn't full season, but he will not be there for the majority of the season. You know what I will say? If only there was a shortstop available on the market that the Red Sox could have signed. <laughs> um I feel like this wouldn't be as big of a deal. But guess yeah. what? They didn't sign anybody. They went. This is what's so weird. There were you plenty. Gotta, you got to know this is coming. Yeah. Look, we just found this out before we started taping. So it's all kind of, I'm just talking this out for the first time. Yeah. How do you, you know, you know this is coming. Oh, you go Look to at this tweet. Multiple, Bob Nightingoat. Multiple. Story yeah. was quite aware that, that he would need elbow surgery in the offseason. 
one of his Boston Red Sox teammates said, but was hoping that he could avoid it with rest. Oh, oh what a nightmare. No, so he should have gotten it earlier. Yeah. Yeah. And he should have signed Xander Bogarts. Duh. I, big regret there. Duh. Unbelievable. You had him. Okay, Trevor Story will be missing big time. The Boston Red Sox do not have a shortstop. So Rafael Devers can play every infield position. Might I add, he's not great defensively, nah. but whatever. Uh, no Trevor Story for the Red Sox. Yeah, brutal. Um, some announcements that were made very recently in some WBC news, because as I stated, the WBC – well, I didn't state this. Major League Baseball stated it. But the WBC starts March 7th, late, late, late night on March 7th. And as I did state, Flippin' Bats will be doing a weekly World Baseball Classic update segment whatever you want to call it, because guess what? We're going to have a big part in the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, leading up to it. We'll be there. Yeah. We'll, we'll be talking all about it. And leading up to it, starting now, every episode, we will be having a World Baseball Classic update. And the update for you this week is that Team Japan has announced officially 12 players that will be playing and – they are going to be very, very good. Shohei Otani, one of those names. Yu Darvish, one of those names. Seiya Suzuki, one of those names. Three, Major League Baseball studs. That's a great start. But of those headline names, there were some others that I need to talk about that people in America and around the world need to learn their names that were also introduced and officially announced, which is Roki Sasaki, mm -hmm. a pitcher, and Murakami, a hitter who I got to actually see play at the Occult Swallows game in Japan. And that guy is a superstar. He will be a superstar. Yeah. He broke the all-time Japanese-born player home run record. Um, Roki Sasaki throws 102-103. Earlier this year, he threw a perfect game, followed that up with his next outing by throwing a perfect game for eight innings but got taken out. So 17 straight innings of a perfect game superstar in the making the other names are superstars but Shohei Otani officially official on the team the second it was announced that he was playing tickets to the Tokyo Dome where their pool will start sold out instantaneously yeah. um, so big names for Team Japan they will be very very good in the, fact the question is though will they make it to Miami as one of the final three teams? Yeah. Yes. Well, Miami is as one of the final quarter semifinals. No. No. Just just semis, semis and, and finals. finals. So if they're gonna okay. make it there, it's gotta be the final four teams. And I would put them yeah. easily in that category. I look, Team Japan has won two of the four. Yeah. And this year they have the third best odds to win it all, right? Team yeah. USA is at plus 200 defending, defending champs defending champs plus 200 to win it all dominican republic plus 240 to win it all japan plus 400 to win it all okay they are a force to be reckoned with they are very very good and the names that they have had officially announced by the way the manager um mr kuriyama hideki kuriyama i yeah. met him in japan met him when he came back for the winter meetings by the way the World Baseball Classic managers had to come over for their press day yeah. during the World Baseball Classic. He flew in the night before yeah. and flew out that night of the obligation. So the 12-hour flight 
flew in, and all within 24 hours, 12-hour wow. flight, 12-hour flight back, and then the 30-minute obligation that How about he had. A bullet at, trip. Crazy. Yeah. Um, but what he's an awesome human, a great leader of the team. He was Shohei's former manager mm. in Japan mm -hmm. for the Nippon Ham Fighters. So Team Japan Reunited. will be great. Reunited. And, and uh, I'm excited so to watch good. Team Japan. Uh. Um, but yeah, that's the update. Is Team Japan has had official announcements of guys that will be involved, and there are Major League Baseball superstars as well as others. That we need to it's gonna be fun. Yes. You know what time it is? <sighs> Name that player. Name that. Your, fa player. your favorite time of the show. This is. Look, you're not bad. You're not bad. It's been. It's been. I would argue to say you're. You're great at this game. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. So, uh, Alex will explain the game, but as always, I will be rating myself at the end and now alex will be grading me as well I am. apparently she You're just started that so name that player let's get to it all right we are going to have five players i'm going to give you three clues to the player you're going to get their college okay. where they made their major league debut and their current team okay are you ready are I'm you ready. ready for player number one let's do it and everybody else join along with me see if you can get it before i can okay Player number one went to Oregon State, made his major league debut with the Mets, and is currently on the Giants. Name that player. Oh, this is tough. Yeah. Okay. I feel like I should know this. Um, Oregon State, Mets, Giants. Oregon State is throwing me off. Mets, Giants. Ten seconds. Um, it's not... Wilmer Flores. Who could it be? Five. <sighs> ah! Say it. I don't know. Michael Conforto. No, I ah! that. I forgot that he <laughs> signed with the Giants. Dang it. No, I played against Michael Conforto. I played him in his first professional baseball game right after he was drafted in the uh. first round from Oregon State. I played him in Brooklyn against the Cyclones in the Mets organization. I should have known it, but the Giants threw me off. Dang it. I like it better when you don't get it right. Ah. All right. Uh, deep breath, deep breath. Yeah. Over one. Okay. Are you ready for player number two? Yes. Okay. Player number two went to Oklahoma, made his major league debut at the Rockies, and is currently on the Rangers. Name that player. So I'm not sure about Oklahoma, but there's only one player to me that sticks out that did the Rockies jump to the Rangers. Okay. So I'm going to take a stab at it and say John Gray. Yeah. Okay. All right. You're back. All right. Okay. Feeling good? Better. Let's ride the high. Okay. Player number three. Mm -hmm. Are you ready for it? Yep. Okay. Player number three went to Oregon, made his major league debut with the Rockies, and is currently on the Angels. Name that player. Went to Oregon. Rockies to the Angels. The only it's not Jose Iglesias. I think he made that Rockies to Angels jump. Um, debut with the Rockies. Bonus clue, he pitched to producer Taylor in college. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Five. Um, Michael 
Harrison. Oh. Oh. Wow. That's yeah. Good. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know he went to Oregon. I also, to be completely honest, forgot about the debut with the the Rockies. That's okay. Um. Okay. All right. That was good. This is yeah, good. This is good. Yeah, having a tough week. We're having fun. It's going to be all right. Okay, let's go to player number four. I just need to do better than 500, meaning I need to get the next two. Yes. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Player number four went to Missouri State, made his major league debut at the Cardinals, and is currently on the Nationals. Name that player. Luke Voigt. Yeah, okay. There you go. Fine. Played, played against him. Yeah, okay. All right. Feeling pretty good? Um, no, this, this one's important to me. Okay. This is, this is make or break for yeah, me. You it know, is. it's the last one. I'm two for two. Um, maybe I should have let that one go a little longer for the TikTok crew to see it. You know, like mm. now they're all going to be like, yeah, I knew that too, Ben. Yeah. Uh -huh. That's what they always do. But yeah. the one we didn't give them an we answer for it. last week, guess yeah. what? Or they didn't get it. Okay. See? This okay. is a big one. Dun, 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 dun. Player number five went to Mississippi State, made his major league debut with the Padres and is currently on the Angels. Name that player. I don't know it. Oh, at all? Mississippi State Padres Angels. Mississippi State Padres Angels. No. 15 seconds. Um. Mm, um yeah. Is it Hunter Infra? Yeah. Yes. yes! <laughs> Come on! <laughs> I love the self-doubt throughout the entire time. Like, no, I don't know that. Oh, man. Not a chance. I nope, was just don't know really that. struggling internally <laughs> to get there. And I got there, turned it completely around, turned turned the game around, turned my day around. Yeah. I'm going to have a great day Yes, now. you are. You know what? Um, we are. Hunter Renfro went three for five, some tough names. Um, we changed up the silhouette so that it doesn't give literally good. anything away. Good. Um, so I feel good about that. I am going to give myself a B plus today. Wow. I was going to give you an A minus. Whoa. I know. That was, yeah. uh, wow. Turn of the tables. Yeah. I, I liked how you turned it around. Even when you doubted yourself, you really came back and you punched it at the end. I thought you were just going to give up and you didn't. Well, to be fair, when I when I was in grade school, yeah. back in my day, uh -huh. I would never get extra points for like internally struggling with a question and then I oh. actually got the right answer. Yeah. You know? But I'm glad you Congrats. do that. Um, how the turntables. How the tables have turned? Yeah. That was an <laughs> office quote. Oh. But I missed it. Yeah. I bet. Great episode. Yeah. A lot, a lot of Carlos Correa news. By the way, was talking to a friend of the pod last night, Ken Rosenthal. We were just chatting okay. deep into the night yeah. about Carlos Correa. And he was like, at one point he said, as I just wrote, yeah. I'm hearing the twins. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 he was right. So yep. um yeah, great episode. Good stuff, Alex. Thank you all for listening. What a blast. Um, a, a lot of news was breaking, and I'm sure there will be a lot of news next week as well. We will be back, but make sure you like, subscribe anywhere you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever, and you can listen and find it on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and you can watch every episode on YouTube at Flippin' Bats Pod for all of them. Thank you all for listening. I appreciate it. We will see you next time for another episode of Flippin' Bats.